With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, We guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSIN. The Sports Betting Network. Okay, so we got the NBA and NHL finals both approaching their respective game threes. The world of golf flipped on its head. A huge star in Major League Baseball done for the year and your daily dose of the NFL. So safe to say we got a jam-packed two hours ahead on the Lombardi line presented by BetMGM. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Alongside, like we are every Wednesday here on the program, Jonathan Von Tobel, VEASAN host, senior NBA analyst yeah lots to unpack today it seems how are you uh good i'm very good you know at least i knew that i was coming in today unlike many members of the pga tour who did not know that they were merging with uh, their hated rivals so that's at least a good thing to do. yeah i uh was talking to michael on the program yesterday and certainly didn't anticipate leading off our nfl right. show talking all things golf yesterday but I, like what was your initial reaction to finding everything out same as the players i imagine uh yeah i had to read everything twice because i actually what what it came down for me was it was just the statement first that i saw on twitter i was like oh what is this and so i read it i'm like am i reading this right like are they actually they're they're merging what is happening here so uh it was a surprise especially considering every other point that everybody has made and rightfully so that every word out of Monahan's mouth has been, ah, no, we're not going to merge those guys. Come on, that's not important. And then here we are. So I was reading a great article. It's up on ESPN, and I, um, it's essentially put, they talked to a sports economist out in Notre Dame, and it's simply put, Stormy, um, bottom line is going to push you to do things that you say mm-hmm. you're never going to do. And especially when you're in lawsuits and you don't want certain things getting out in discovery, and all of a sudden – we can meet in the middle and come together because, hey, man, we don't want to spend millions of dollars on lawyers, and there's things that we don't want people to find out. So I think it's pretty simply put. Yeah, and, I mean, the quote that's been going kind of rampant, I feel like, when it comes to the hypocrisy hypocrisy for Jay Monahan was, as long as I'm commissioner of the PGA Tour, no player who ever takes live money will play on the PGA Tour again. And now here we sit asking. Hey, oh. technically you still could be right. What if they rename it? Well, so that's the thing, right? So this <laughs> this new entity that's going to be combined with the right. with the three tours kind of all coming mm. together. What's it going to be? It's a for-profit entity now, which yep. the PGA Tour had not been previously. It's like a lot of different angles here. One thing I thought was really cool, though. So obviously they have the, the players meeting yesterday. No secret, very contentious um, from a lot of different angles. Everybody coming for the commissioner's head. Um, there was even a moment where one of the like lesser-known PGA Tour players was kind of coming for Monaghan specifically, 
Rory McIlroy says something back to him, and then he gets an F off in return. So there's Good. just, you know, a lot of things happening. But McIlroy specifically was asked kind of about, like, what he knew about the situation. He said that he had received a call earlier in the day kind mm. of breaking down things. He knew that there had been talks but didn't know what was within those talks or anything that was going to come about it. So he found out the same day as everybody else. But when asked in a press conference about his about how he still feels about Live Golf because he has been very, very outwardly shunning this league and against it and talking about the tradition and legacy of the PGA Tour. Well, listen to what he had to say because he's still not a fan, evidently. But it's not live. I think that's the thing. I still hate live. Like, I hate live. Like, I, I hope it goes away. And I would fully expect that it does. Um, and I think that's where the distinction here is. This is the PJ Tour, the DP World Tour, and the PIF. Very different from live. All I've got, tried to do is protect what the PJ Tour is and what the PJ Tour stands for. And I think it will continue to, to do that. Um, so, look, going forward, I hope that there's, you know, there may be a team element and you're going to see maybe me, maybe whoever else play in some sort of team golf, but I don't think it'll look anything like Liv has looked. And I think that's a good thing. Thoughts? Uh, I mean, look, this is a guy, I think this is one of the dudes that we know, right, has stuck his neck out quite a bit with his words. He said it right there at the beginning. So, I mean, I think he's kind of right. I think you're trying to find the positive here when you're a guy who has uh, been saying as much as he has and as outspoken as he has. And as he says, you know, like this is, what is it? Like the something investment fund. I don't know what the P stands for. Public. There we go. Public investment fund. Thank you. That he's referencing there. So, like, I guess theoretically, is he right? Sure. But at the end of the day, look, Rory, I'm sure, feels like he's got some egg on his face considering uh, how publicly outspoken he's been, taking up the mantle for the PGA Tour, doing it again there, by the way, talking about everything the PGA Tour has stood for. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's some, you know, religious entity. I, I think this is kind of what you expect. And now you got to kind of come back and put out some fires because you've been starting a lot if you're a guy like Rory and kind of understand why he's upset. Yeah, I'm very curious to see ultimately how all of this is going to play out. Uh, again, it is... A relationship between the PGA Tour, DP World Tour, and PIF. Um, the, I mean, they have more than $600 billion in assets. So they are going to be the leading investor mm-hmm. in all of this. The PGA Tour supposedly is still going to have, like, control, but all of the money obviously coming from that side. So um, it's a business story. It's a geopolitical story. It's obviously a sports and sports betting story. And we'll see how ultimately things get impacted on our side of things with, I mean, I think it's good that better players you imagine are going to be back in all of these collective fields. We'll see what happens with like, are they getting their PGA tour cards back? Is that Mm. how that's going to play out? I'm not sure. So still a lot that we have to figure out when it comes to this. And um, hopefully no more cringeworthy interviews like the one I saw of Bryson DeChambeau this morning on CNN. Did you see that? I saw this one. It was so uncomfortable. Yeah, I was talking about Caitlin Collins, I think is her name. Like uh, talking, I don't know, man. Like it's, like you said, it's kind of weird, everything going on. I'm kind of not tired of hearing it because it is interesting and we'll see. I mean, at the end of the day too, the PGA Tour, I do think not needed some life injected into it, but it'd be nice to see some changes in terms of like game format. And if you get some interesting stuff, uh, maybe it draws more eyes to the product, so we'll see if that actually is going to be something that comes of it. But, yes, that was a weird interview, uh, Rory, to say the least. Rory McIlroy, by the way, favored to win the Canadian Open. That will get underway tomorrow.
tomorrow. Obviously, he's got a lot on his mind. See if this might be Playing a fade spot. Playing with a chip spot. on his shoulder, huh? I was going to say maybe a fade spot for Rory. Got a lot going on in his in his head right now. Let's talk a little NBA. Um, final shift to South Beach for Game 3 tonight. 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern tip-off on ABC. Series now tied at 1 after Miami has a fourth-quarter rally to um, surprise upset Denver. Their first loss on home court all postseason. Game 3 tonight. Nuggets sitting a two-and-a-half-point favorite on the road in that bounce-back spot. Total 214-and-a-half. Initial thoughts here um, with Game 3 headed back to Miami. So the way I wrote about it this morning is, you know, I think the story throughout this series uh, from a pre-flop betting standpoint has been the total. You know, we're, we're down to 214-and-a-half. This open 216-and-a-half. If you remember Game 1, there was some like some tepid kind of bet to the under. It opened like 219. We're down to like 218.5. Didn't really move a ton. And that game went well under. I think it had 197 points. So then you see game two, the market adjusts. And it's like, okay, well, let's cut this down four and a half points. Uh, and then, of course, what happens? Uh, we start to see that from 214.5 get bet back up to 216.5. That game goes over the total. So, you know, the way I framed it in the story today, Stormy, was okay, you have two different games, two different results. How do you kind of find the middle here and find out what's going on? And I think that we have a couple of constants. And the the biggest constant right now is the pace of this series. 91 possessions in game one is an absolute slog. It's incredible how slow that is. That's walking the ball up the court. 86 possessions in game two. Mm -hmm. So despite historic offensive numbers, we're talking about two teams that had offensive ratings in game two of over 120. We had the highest individual quarter offensive rating for a team all season in the Miami Heat. They had an offensive rating of 180 in the fourth quarter. But the fascinating part... Yeah, it was like part, 68% yep. from the floor, right? Or something like that. You know what's stupid? fascinating, too? If you look at... So you can sort... You know, I've shown you all the stats you can sort through and everything like that. So if you look at the fourth quarter alone, if the game had been played at the pace that fourth quarter went off at, that they would have had 78 possessions in the game. So think about that. How we, we combined for over 60 points in that fourth quarter, and yet it was one of the slowest paces you're going to see. So you saw hyper-efficient offense. You saw agonizingly slow pace. So I'd ask you, what do you think is more sustainable? agonizingly slow pace, which is intentional. Remember, you're playing a 2-3 zone on one side. You're walking the ball up the court. Miami, I put it in perspective, uh, in terms of transition frequency off the of live rebounds, they're at 7.8%. To keep in mind, the slowest team in that category in the regular season was Houston at 20.8%. All of that's intentional or the hyper-efficient offense. I don't know about you. I would say, right, the pace is going to be something that's sustainable. So I think the market's getting this right and betting this thing under again. You know, we open that 216.5. We're down to 214.5. Miami is dictating pace, and Denver's going to be more than comfortable doing it. These are two teams that rank 24th and 28th in pace in the regular season, so it's not like anybody's dying to get out and run. Denver is good in fast-break opportunities, but they pick and choose their spots to get those. I, I think this is the story here for today is how we're going to see this play out from a pace and scoring standpoint, and I think the market's getting this right because if we're going to get under 90 possessions again, I mean, we're talking like a game that's similar to game one. So with that, obviously on game day, you're going to get more and more public yep. money that comes in today. Where do you see that total maybe settling come game time? See, given the fact that we're starting to see 214s already appear here, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we start to see a dip a little bit. Um, and as we're speaking, too, one of the interesting things, because I haven't really had a read in terms of the side. I do have a series bet on Denver to win this thing, uh, minus one and a half games. But uh, right now, in the last, what is this, 10 minutes, we've seen multiple spots go to three here on Denver. So it does seem like the public sentiment, or not even public sentiment, just the market sentiment right now is coming in on the Denver Nuggets while the total is creeping under. But I would think that we're probably going to close. Just reading the market now, I wouldn't be surprised if our close is like Denver 3 with a total of 214. The 
Nuggets on the road this playoff has been very different team, I would say, overall than we've seen them at home. Obviously, like nine and one, their points per game differential plus ten and a half versus on the road four and three and plus four point one point differential opponent uh, point per game allowed significantly different defensive rating from one hundred eight point eight to one sixteen point four. So it seems like on the road they're a little bit of a different team. Does this number did it seem right to you? Yeah, I think so. Like again, you don't you want to be you want to be stubborn, I guess is the term we'll use in terms of your power ratings, right? You don't want to overadjust. Remember, we go back to game three, or excuse me, game four in the Miami Boston series. What happened? So the market got a little overzealous, made Boston four and a half point favorite on the road for game three, but then game four flipped five and a half points in the other direction to Miami. And what happened? Miami, of course, loses that game. We know what happens from there. But I would say too, like Denver has not been the same at home, or excuse me, on the road, but still, how about mm-hmm. this? Net rating in terms of non-garbage time on the road in the postseason this year. The second-place team is the Boston Celtics at plus 0.7. Denver, plus 4.9. They're still pretty darn good even playing away from home. Very true. Again, a two and a half, and in some places, as JVT just told us, three-point favorite going into game three in Miami. Tyler Hero looks like he's going to remain sidelined tonight. No need to rush him with the series tied at one. Cody Zeller is probable, but, I mean, he's a liability. Probable probably ain't great for the Miami Heat <laughs> there. <laughs> Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's time to download Nevada's premier sports betting app, BetMGM Sports. BetMGM has all your favorite wagering options along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and more. Download the BetMGM app today and stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID. Open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. 
Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Uh, great start of our conversation regarding NBA Finals Game 3 coming up tonight in Miami. We will get plays as well a little bit later from Harry Gagnon, former sportsbook supervisor, great handicapper these days, and um, and just general props perspective, a lot of different angles on Game 3 and the series moving forward. We'll also, in about 15 minutes, talk NHL Stanley Cup Final with Dave Gosher, play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights, um, here locally with AT&T Sportsnet. Get the lowdown on what he thinks might happen with Game 3 there as the series shifts to Florida as well. But uh, we'll start off here with the big news in Major League Baseball because Mm. just, what is it, six starts in to a five-year, $185 million deal for Jacob deGrom with the Texas Rangers, and he has to have Tommy John surgery done for the year already. Uh, second Tommy John surgery of his career as well. I think yeah. he had it 10 years ago or so. Yeah, so, 2011. Yeah, man, that sucks. Like, the, especially like when you when you know, first off, how good he is, right? They're just him individually. It sucks to not be able to watch Jacob DeGrom pitch, and especially given his history in terms of health, uh, not being able to consistently perform is, is uh, terrible. Then you look at the big picture here. Look, this is the Texas Rangers team that has everything going for them. This is the, arguably the best lineup in baseball. I mean, Stormy, I've told you before, they, they go all the way down one through eight. Their eight-hole hitter last night is Ezekiel Duran, a young kid who's hitting 301, I think, still on the season. Absolutely brilliant. Like, th- there is a lot to like about this Texas team, and arguably the biggest weakness is its pitching staff. And if DeGrom could come back, if they were going to be a buyer at the deadline and acquire somebody else, th- this is going to be a team that's had some really high hopes in the AL West and in, I think, the entire thing. And the fact that he's not going to be there – uh, really does suck. So uh, there's a lot of just negatives and just uh, just terrible things coming some, from something like this. So hopefully DeGrom can be healthy. You know, he mentioned maybe coming back next year, making a push near the end of the season. We'll see if that's going to be the case. But as we know, health has been a really big issue for DeGrom, and it just doesn't seem to be going anywhere. And that really sucks for a really talented dude. Yeah, he hadn't thrown more than 100 innings since 2019. And like no. you said, the second time he's got this surgery, had a pretty emotional response as well when speaking about the injury with reporters. Take a listen to that. Yeah, because as I said, it's, it stinks. You want to be out there. It's just not ideal, but, um, you know, get this behind me and give it all I got and, you know, come back. The goal, you know, I'm going to set a goal to try to be back next year towards the end of the year. So work towards that and, you know, hopefully we're in a playoff run next year and, and you know, but, you know, the most important things this year and these guys that we have, like I said, it's a special group and, um, you know, want to be here uh, rooting them on. Yeah, so it's just, like, I mean, that's the one thing. I'm, I feel like I was trying to come back. It's not work. Yeah, so, sucks to see that um, and clearly has a big impact on him. And, and to his point, yeah, getting back next year would be great, and mm-hmm. that would be certainly ahead of schedule. But this year is where you want to be out here and where you want to be supporting this group. Four-and-a-half game lead right now in the AL West. They're 40 wins, good for the second most in all of Major League Baseball right now, plus 155 run differential for the team, and a team that's looking to make a deep postseason run now. So now what do they do? Um, do they try to go bolster that rotation, make a move uh, at some point? I mean, look, this is a team that's been built on acquisitions. You know what I mean? Like going and signing guys, going to get Seager, going and get Mark Simeon. They're not afraid, I think, to go and acquire whatever they need, it seems, uh, to make their team better. So I, w- I thought, regardless of this news yesterday, that they were going to be a buyer at the deadline to pair somebody up with the Grom. Because you even look like, okay, 
At this point right now, their leader in terms of innings pitch, Nady Evaldi, 80 and a third. He's been good. His numbers would indicate that that's pretty tight. Uh, 224 ERA, 0.93 whip. Is there some room for regression there for Evaldi? Sure, but it's not like anything crazy. But Stormy, you look at some of their other guys. For example, John Gray, who's going to get the start later today. He's got a 251 ERA. You would think, wow, that's brilliant. John Gray's awesome. Well, actually, if you look at his numbers, there's some real signs for regression there. Martin Perez, their second leader in terms of innings pitched at this point right now, kind of the same thing. If you look at it, a uh, what are we looking at? 397 ERA, 477 expected fielding independent. So just, you know, like an average pitcher, as the season goes along, this pitching staff will probably start to show its warts. That's why it was so important to get to Groms. I would say I thought this was a team that was probably going to go get some more help. Bullpen is the same thing probably accelerates the process mm-hmm. a little bit more. You know, I've thrown out there um, uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's pitching very well over there in Detroit. Marcus Stroman is having a really, really good year for the Chicago Cubs, having a resurgent season. I say resurgence, he's actually been good. Uh, they've really been consistent throughout his entire career. Health has been an issue there. I would think that this means that the Texas Rangers, I thought they were favorites to be buyers. I just think that price tag now increases in terms of if you're laying a price, will they or won't they buy at the deadline? I would say absolutely. The uh, Astros, meanwhile, are going to be the favorite in the division, minus 125. Rangers there, plus 130 in the division, a 15-1 to shot in the World Series odds. Let's go from Texas to D.C., where Commanders head coach Ron Rivera, he made waves a little bit earlier this offseason when he said Sam Howell would start 2023 as the Commanders' top option at quarterback. Where he'll finish remains to be seen, and Rivera told reporters yesterday that um, he's not actually committing to the former North Carolina product. Said, while Howell has a really good chance, he views it as a very open competition with Jacoby Brissett. Um, and talking about Brissett specifically said, I think Jacoby's shown us some things that have really caught people's attention. We talk about Jacoby as much as we talk about Sam. I just think we go through this process and until we play games, it would be unfair to start making assessments. Yeah. Uh, look, I think overall the quarterback room is kind of a nightmare for the Washington commanders. It's going to hold back a team that has a lot of talent in almost every single position. And look, if you get it from Sam Howell, maybe you get a Taylor Heineke type season. Let's not like like mince words here. Taylor Heineke was insanely lucky mm-hmm. as a quarterback for the Washington Commanders last season. So maybe if you get some of that luck, you bottle it up, and you can get a couple of wins that you probably shouldn't. But it's it's been amazing to kind of watch this team operate with, I don't know, like not a lot of urgency at the most important position. You know what I mean? Like this is a team that's got a pretty open window if they were to solidify the quarterback position. That just hasn't been the case. So I would think this is the last year that they're doing it. And I can understand anybody that would want to buy in Stormy and think, hey, good, talented team, somewhat well-coached mm-hmm. team. Uh, you know, I have my questions in terms of how Ron Rivera adds wins at the margins overall with decision-making, but still just a generally good team that you might want to look at this and say, sure, they can pull it off. But the schedule does them no favors. The quarterback position does them no favors. I, I would think that this is the year where we finally start to see this magic evaporate. We're talking about a team that could likely pick inside the top 10 and then finally get their quarterback of the future because they desperately yeah. need it. Eight, eight, and one last season. Season win total this year set at six and a half, juiced slightly to the over at minus one twenty. And I mean, Jacoby Brissett last year was better probably than Deshaun Watson from what we saw in the regular season for the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Twelve to six touchdown to interception ratio, over twenty six hundred yards and an eighty nine one passer rating. Still four and seven mm. in those eleven starts. However, Howell we saw very limited action that regular season finale against the Dallas Cowboys. Went eleven of nineteen for one sixty nine, a touchdown and a pick. But you know, as they say, when you have two quarterbacks, it usually means you have none. So not the best sighting there for the Washington Commanders. We'll see how new offensive coordinator Eric Bien 
enemy um, can maybe try to pull things together over there. Uh, also for the New Orleans Saints, wide receiver Michael Thomas back on the field, told receive, told reporters that he expects to be 100% come training camp, uh, returning from that toe surgery he had after the week three injury last year. Can only help. You got a new quarterback, so we'll yeah. see if that's going to be the case. I, I still think that this Saints team, again, a talented team. I, I think they're a little overvalued considering, you know, I don't know. I, I, Derek Carr is a good quarterback, not a great quarterback. We saw the regression last year. You had to, it's, I think it's somewhat troubling to go in McDaniel's system, get Devontae Adams, and have essentially a career-worst year. If you're Derek Carr, we'll see yeah. if that's going to translate over here in New Orleans. Um, but I, I think overall, like, look, it's, an, it's a somewhat accurately rated team. I would say that the win total is probably closer to 8.5 than it is 9.5. Uh, and in that division, it's a lot more winnable than the odds would indicate. Mm-hmm. But, it, but a piece like this, if he's going to be fully healthy, and that's a big if. That's going to go a long way to helping out New Orleans. A minus 165 shot to make the playoffs. And I would say expectations are pretty high because of the division that they play in and bringing in a guy like Derek Carr that they're favored in the NFC South. And what, 13 to 1 in the NFC, 35 to 1 Super Bowl odds. Thomas, by the way, even though we all know with uh, DeMar Hamlin back on the field, if he just gets into a game, it feels like he's going to be your comeback player of the year. But 65 to 1 for Thomas in the comeback player of the year odds. And I I mean, I guess while I say that with DeMar Hamlin, he was a full participant in drills yesterday for the first time, had the helmet back on. It has been a while. Um, Brandon Bean, their general manager there in Buffalo, said that the biggest hurdles for him are certainly going to be mental at this point over the physical um, after everything that he suffered last year, cardiac arrest on Monday night football, um, getting back to this point. He is a $5 favorite in comeback player of the year odds. Oh, that threw me off. Sorry, I was looking at something. Um, yeah, he should be. Like He takes one snap. It's the same thing with Alex Smith. Yeah. Alex Smith needed to take one snap, and he was going to win that award, and that was essentially going to be he did a it. lot more than that, by the way, Alex Smith that year. Yeah, well, that was. I think that was before we got a little I – don't, I don't know how to phrase it. That's before we started thinking about awards like this, I will say, when it came to comeback player of the year. Yes, but um, just very happy to see that he is back on the field, though. And um, and for Saints fans, Michael Thomas yep. as well. Great, great news. We're going to take a quick break. Like I said, we already got into a little bit of the NBA Finals talk. Now let's talk Stanley Cup Final when we return. Get into the NHL with TV play-by-play voice on AT&T Sportsnet for the Vegas Golden Knights, who are up two games to none. Dave Gosher joins us on the Lombardi Line next. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Become a smarter better with a VSEN Pro subscription for a limited time. Sign up for just $9.99. Get full access to everything we do, including daily pro picks on all of the summer action, including NFL and college football futures. Premium analysis from our team of top handicappers and industry experts, 24-7 video access, and pro tools like our exclusive betting splits, showing you where the public and sharp money is going to give you an edge. Don't miss out on our lowest intro price of the year. Visit vcin.com slash subscribe to sign up. Uh, trying to connect with Dave Gosher. Couldn't get him on the line right now. We're going to try back in a little bit, though. Um, hopefully, we can connect with him. He's out there in Sunrise, Florida, talk all things Stanley Cup final. But for now, we're just going to roll on with some of our NFL talk. Before I get too far removed from the commanders, mm-hmm. I just want to ask you, how big of a trap survivor scenario is that week one game against Arizona? Oh, big time. Yeah, big right? Time. Yeah. just feels. Oh, that's, that's, I mean, I think that's ugh. one of Arizona's best opportunities at a win, obviously. Um, yeah, no, that's not something. I wanna, I'm trying to pull up tier two because we were talking about, like, all the projected lines going forward. 
uh, for that one. I want to make sure You're that I have this right. Favorite. Let's see. So six point favorite. I mean, you have the, let's see, your four-point underdog against the New York Giants back at home the next week. Yeah, it's going to be one of the best opportunities for a win outside of later in the year for Arizona where they're, like, projected to be. Again, this is further down the line. Two-point underdogs at home against Atlanta, three-point underdogs at Houston, one-and-a-half-point underdogs at home against L.A., so the Rams, I should say. I think that one was obvious. So, yes, I think it's a trap. I This defense is going to be good. But as we said, that offense yeah. is probably <laughs> going to be a nightmare for Washington. I think so, too. I just keep oh. – freaking out about it a little bit because that's like that's the big one that stands out right oh like of course like who doesn't want to fade Arizona their win totals four and a half games seems like a golden opportunity but dun 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 I'd rather pick different weapons to you know attack that with if you know what I'm saying how do you think Arizona's gonna look by the way um without Kyler Murray to open up the year things a little bit different yeah they're gonna be pretty bad you know I, I just I always say this Stormy like Especially when you look at if so, if you look at like uh, any reputable sites projections in comparison with Vegas win totals and other win totals, you know you'll see that with win totals in the betting market, they seem to be a lot more spread out. You know what I mean? So like the the highest win totals a lot higher, the lowest win totals a lot lower. Where projections are actually a lot more scrunched, where you're actually going to see that those teams are a lot closer together. Because those projections don't account for, uh, you know, action. They don't account for a lot of people's perceptions. It's just projections based on numbers and whatnot. And I think generally what I'm getting at is teams that we expect to be bad are a little bit better than we think they're going to be. And teams that are really good expect to be a little bit worse than we think they're going to be. This is a team that some of those early projections for like when you when we got through this year's NFL draft. Immediately, their folks are like, okay, like let's look ahead to next year and see what the predicted order is going to be. And their Arizona Cardinals, especially with that trade that they have with the Houston Texans, talk of them potentially having even the first two overall picks, depending on how this year goes for both of those respective franchises. We do have our guy Dave Gosher on the line now. Thanks so much for joining us, Dave. Play-by-play voice of the Vegas Golden Knights on AT&T Sportsnet during the season. And I'm surprised that even like in this moment of me introing you, you didn't snipe in there with a hi this is dave like that's what i know about you what's hi, going on dave, sorry. this is dave this is dave this is dave how are you <laughs> good better now that we have you on here with us buddy appreciate the time especially with the golden knights in such an awesome position of two games to none in the stanley cup final game three coming up tomorrow against the florida panthers panthers are a slight favorite in the game total sitting six but i just want to start off with hearing What's impressed you most about the way that this Golden Knights team has opened up this series, 12 combined goals in games one and two? Yeah, which I think is going to tie the record, right, for the first two games of the final. Uh, I I think for me, it's just been their depth, you know, and it's kind of been how how they've played all year long. Um, You don't really know where the goals are going to come from. I mean, the other night, Alec Martinez scores. You had uh, Zach Whitecloud and Shea Theodore score big goals in the first game of the cup final. So I think that's kind of the – the recipe they followed all season long. Um, you know, you were around the team for a couple of years. Um, I've been around it since fortunate enough since, um, since year one, this is by far the best team they've had and the deepest team they've had. Um, no disrespect to the team that, that went to the final in, in 2018. So um, this has kind of been their MO all season. Their power play has, has picked it up. You know, that's always kind of been a source of, mm-hmm. of frustration for this team, but it's broken through here in the final with some big goals. So, I think, and you add some really good goaltending from from Aiden Hill, who is just, uh, he's been spectacular for them. So it's put them right now, you know, still a long way to go, but right now in a really good spot. 
Dave, what have you made of the play of Sergei Bobrovsky? One of the things that I brought up the story last week was, do we see him kind of not revert to form because we know about his career, but just where he was before this run began? He, I, My eye, and I'm not as trained in terms of my eye as you or story, I would say that the, the goaltending for Bobrovsky has not really been that great through the first two games. Yeah, they were able to get to him, JVT. I mean, a couple of the goals in the first game, um, you know, Shea Theodore made a beautiful move on, on Duclair out by the blue line to, to shake free of him, but it was a, it's a wrist shot from distance. And even, you know, Zach Whitecloud's goal that turned out to be uh, the game winner, same deal. It's a, it's a long-range wrist shot. So I think that, look, it's not, I don't think there's any secrets left anymore, I, you know, with, with the ability to break down video and, and pre-scout teams. Um, you know, Bobrovsky's fantastic, especially, you know, low to the ice. Laterally, he's excellent. I think, you know, most teams would tell you he can, I think they feel they can get to him a bit upstairs. You look at the goal Mark score, uh, Mark Stone scored the other day when he picked the puck out of the air and, and went upstairs on him. So, I think, I think they're going to need him to be better. You know, if they're going to get back into the series, he's an enormous reason that they've gotten this far. But, uh, but other guys, too. I mean, I think some of their best players who have really, you know, yet to be heard from in this series. If, if you're Florida, you, they've been in this position down 3-1 to one to Boston. They were never down 2-0 in that series, but they were down 3-1. So I think they'd be leaning on a lot of that experience where they sit right now. And you mentioned the improvement of the Golden Knights special teams. Like, we know they've been one of the best five-on-five teams um, in the NHL throughout the course of this season. They are the best here in the playoffs. But the penalty kill, um, 7-0, and killing off every every penalty that's come their way. Four power play goals as well. And who's to say if Florida's going to continue to try to muck it up? Because you mentioned their star players not really elevating to the level that we've expected. Matthew Kachuk has one point and 36 penalty minutes um, at this point. Because power play and special teams have been such an issue historically for the Golden Knights, is that a trend that you think can continue here? Or, or how would you evaluate that moving forward? Yeah, it's a fine line for me, right? I, I think at this time of the year, um, you know, the Golden Knights have this, Bruce Cassidy has this phrase that they actually, some of the players are wearing T-shirts that say it hurts to win. And there's in the postseason, I think you've got to find a way to, and it's not always easy. I, you know, look, human nature is if someone gave you a pop in the in the chops, you'd want to pop them back. But um, the Golden Knights have been really, you know, they've been one of the least penalized teams, and they were the least penalized team in the league all year. Florida, you know, on the other side of it has been the most penalized team in the playoffs. So um, I think if you're the Golden Knights, you, you follow that recipe. Um, they have been very disciplined. I, I think of even the conference final against Dallas, you probably saw where Max Domi kept, you know, punching Nick Hague in the face and Hague was almost kind of laughing at him. Um, the Panthers got to, have gotten to this point because they do come hard and they do get physical and they do like to take it right up to the line and maybe even go over the line a little bit. But uh, I think if, if you're Vegas, you would welcome them continuing to try to play that game because, to your point, Stormy, the power play's gotten better. I, I guess if you could take penalties and if you don't have any real fear of the other team scoring, that's a different story. But you know, I think Vegas's power play's four, three, eleven, maybe in the series. So they've they've gotten better in that area. You know, at just the right time. Yeah, Dave, that was kind of what I was going to ask. Like hockey people have told me, right? Like, how you know. No, you don't understand what Florida's trying to do is trying to set the tone. My response has been, well, congratulations. You've given up you know, 11 power play opportunities and four goals yeah. by setting the tone yeah. here. So, like, is there a change in the way that Florida handles this? I've used the term petulant to describe them. Like, I don't think I've seen any tone setting. I think I've seen some childish behavior that has put them behind the eight ball through two games. Yeah, petulant's a good word. Uh, you know, I think that uh, 
I, I think they're just going to have to be more disciplined. I mean, there's ways to do it. I, you can be think of the hit that Ivan Barbershop put on Radko Gudis in game two the other night, just a bone rattling hit that knocked Gudis out of the game. I think there's ways you can be physical. I mean, the Golden Knights, the first period of that game, uh, the second game, it might've been as physical as I'd seen them all year. I mean, they're a pretty physical team, but they're not overly physical. Um, I think as you know, Stormy, you mentioned the, the Kachuk um, penalty minutes. I mean, so much of that is 10, 10 minutes, 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Like he's, you can, you have to be able to be effective, but also play that way. Now they've done that a good portion of the playoffs. Um, I just think they've got to, you got to rein it back in a, a little bit. Um, you know, you can, you can argue, well, all the calls legitimate. I don't know. I think most of them are. I mean, at this time of the year, I would rather the officials stay out of it, you know, let the players decide it. But, and I think at some point the other night, Paul Maurice got a little irked because I think, you know, the officials were just kind of trying to keep a, keep a lid on everything and just kicking guys out of the game. But yeah, just back to your point, uh, your question, JBT, I think this, you've got to find a way to, otherwise the series is you know, down too. I mean, this series could get, could get away from them pretty quick. We're up against it, Dave, but thank you so much for the time and enjoy game three and what's been an awesome series so far in the Stanley cup. Okay, Stormy. Good to be with you. <laughs> That's our guy. Dave Gosher at David C. Gosher on Twitter. Make sure you give him a follow. Doing great work with the Vegas Golden Knights. And um, even on Twitter right now for the VGK, they're doing like in-between intermission type hits. Um, he and he and uh, analyst Shane Knighty, who he won a Stanley Cup, by the way, with the Boston Bruins back in that 2011 series. We're going to take a quick break. More to come here on the Lombardi Line next. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Back here on the Lombardi line, use a bet MGM bonus bet to place your next wager on any game in any sport to receive your bonus bet. All you got to do, log into the bet MGM account every Saturday and Wednesday. Now through June 21st, bet on any game of your choice, then add that type of bet on any game to your bet slip and activate the bonus bet. There's no deposit or additional wager required. This bonus bet is on the house. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Promotion may differ per customer, 21 and up only to wager. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Promotional offers not available in New York, Ontario, and Washington, D.C. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in select states. Welcome back to the Lombardi line. I wanted to just kind of wrap up some of our thoughts from the conversation with the Dave Gosher, play-by-play voice of the Golden Knights, because something he mentioned, JVT, was that this is the best Golden Knights team that's been constructed to this point in the six-year history of the franchise. No disrespect to that 2018 team that ultimately did make a run to the Stanley Cup final, lost in five to the Washington Capitals. But there's been like a good bit of retooling over this period. And certainly no love lost in that time for a lot of people when it comes to moving on from head coaches, Mm -hmm. um, beloved players. Marc-Andre Fleury always comes to mind as the marquee, Mm -hmm. one of those in the city at least. Um, But despite all of the flack that Kelly McCrimmon and George McPhee have caught from a lot of people locally and outside looking in at some of the moves they made when they made them not making the playoffs last year, they have found a way to find a really, really good blend of talent. Like they've gone out oh. to get the big fishes in Jack Eichel and Alex Petrangelo and Mark Stone, even Max Pacioretty at the time when he was a part of the team. And their personalities have mm-hmm. all meshed well. Their talents have been complementary on the ice. Like, it's a really, really impressive blend they've found. Well, and it's, it's first off, because I 100% agree with you, it goes back to a lot of the criticism, like, well, the, the expansion draft was favorable. No, nah, the they expansion draft. six players left on that team it, now. Six, so. Yep, six <laughs> players left that year. They had a point total of 63 and a half, right? There was a lot of thoughts that they were going to be terrible, so that's not the excuse. No, I think you're right. Like, this front office has done a tremendous job of retooling. If if something is not working, then it's not good enough, mm-hmm. and we're moving on to the next thing because you're not walking with us in the direction that we want to go. And it, it's commendable to look at a team who wants to build that way and do it, and they're doing it, you know, like there's thoughts of in the NHL, ah, you know, you don't really trade a lot in the NHL. Vegas is like, no, screw that. We're going to trade everything. Yeah. Like, again, <laughs> yeah. the, the F them picks mentality. We want players who are going to help us win. And if they win a cup this year, and if it leads to maybe one more down the road before all this implodes, it's going to be worth it. Is the farm system bare? Sure. But we're two wins away from a Stanley Cup final and the sixth year of our existence. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what you wanted to do. And it speaks to it. Like you said, the bare minimum of guys are left from that first team. And how do you do that? By just being an aggressive front office and knowing what you want and what you're looking for. And here they are. And of those six players, it's what I think is great is you bring in all of this talent but those players from like the Jonathan Marsh, so Riley Smith, William Carlson's of the world, Will Carrier's, mm-hmm. like they still have that same mentality of not being wanted and looked down on and like no ego team first approach. And you see this group that just plays extremely unselfish on any given night. What we've had nine different goal scorers through these first two games. Last game, game two, it was 11 or 12 different guys on the score sheet. So it it's just, it's coming from everywhere. Nobody's trying to do too much and it's paid out for them to this point. And it's to what you said about uh, drafting players, Nick Haig, I want to say is the only player that they've actually drafted and come up through their system that is still on the team right now. Yeah. So, right. Yeah. Hey. You said we have some news though. Oh, big news in the world of football. Uh, it looks like uh Lionel Messi is going to transfer to inner Miami. That's a big deal. He's going to the MLS. How's that not a big deal? I hate you. What do you, what? 
just wanted to inform our audience. Is, that's very big news. You'll laugh, but it's it, it's it it is. It's Lionel Messi deciding to come to America and play for Inter Miami and MLS. When you say his name, are you supposed to say the S's like that, or is it supposed to be more like a Z sound, like Messi? Or is it Messi? I think it's Messi. No, but I, you know what I'm saying, though. Like I, when I you say it, really. is it okay? I've never heard anybody call him Lionel Messi. No, 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 not a hard Z, but you're just giving like a really hard S here. Messi. Say, say his name. Like Lionel Messi. Lionel it's Messi. Like I don't know. I don't know. This sounds off. But continue. Go on. I'd like to have no more information about this. That's just, that's just it. That's just big news. Just wanted to mention it to our audience that the you know Lionel Messi or Messi, I guess, uh, is deciding to transfer and looks like it's going to be Inter Miami. There's a thought that maybe yeah. he's going to be used like as a window to transfer back to Barca for like a couple of months, whatever it is. Very but just, cool. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know anything about soccer and i'm gonna call it soccer if that's all right with you that's fine. Our, our audience is gonna hate me now i just um, called it football so i could trick you so i could mention it it's before we came rude out. well let's go back to the, the football, football that i am more familiar with um a couple news items coming out of the afc east the jets initially had a three-day mandatory minicamp scheduled for next week but robert Sala elected that they are going to cancel that his reasoning being that they're playing in that hall of fame game so they're going to start training camp a week or so earlier than everybody else anyways just kind of make up for that time then your star quarterback in Aaron Rodgers has already been limited with a little bit of a calf strain why push mm. guys when they don't need it right now um i don't think it's that big of a deal i know some people have um and also in the division is this bad news or good news for bills backers josh allen made the cover of madden 24 yeah. The Madden curse, is that still a thing? We were going through it. I think you, you could maybe make an argument that it's the case. Uh, a lot of different off-field issues for some guys uh, when it comes to the cover. Uh, you know, divorce, losing your family, all sorts of stuff. Uh, but no, I don't... Last I, I year's think was a good one, though, in honor of John Madden. Yep, it was. And I think that you're probably looking at this and going, ah, you know, in today's digital age, Stormy, I don't know if you know how this works nowadays, but like you get like six different covers and... You know what I mean? It's not even really a cover anymore. Like for somebody like me, like I do have a PlayStation 5, but it's a digital only version. So you're not really dealing in covers anymore. It's just a little image that they put up there. And that thing changes every once in a while. So it's it's a childhood dream, as Josh Allen put it. But for somebody who played Madden growing up, it doesn't carry the same weight as it used to, right? When you were like, all right, who's going to be on the cover this time around? There was the one year where I think, I think it was the year that Peyton Hillis won it where there was like an actual 32 team bracket that you voted in. Like I voted every single round. You know what I mean? You're trying to see who was going to get the cover. So it's, it's a cool honor, but it's not this like literal same cover as it was in years past. I used to love playing Madden back in the day. I've, I don't play video games anymore and I kind of miss it. And like, there was something special about that sound coming up in the EA sports. Right. It's in the game, you know? Yeah, I love it. Well, hopefully it's good news for the Buffalo bills, especially as they try I'm, to get over the hump here and win themselves a super bowl, which I heard this question posed earlier today, and I think it's a worthwhile conversation. Of the quarterbacks in the AFC East, who has the most at stake this year to you? Oh, I think it's Mac Jones, right? It's pretty easy. Is it? I mean, think about it. So Aaron Rodgers I is, think there's a case to be made for all four. I mean, I guess. I think I would say at the top of the list, I think you're right. So I shouldn't dismiss all of them. But I think if we were ordering them, my personal order would be Mac Jones, Tua, then Aaron Rodgers, then Josh Allen. I think when you're talking about the top two, I mean, really, your not your career's at stake, but the place where you thought you were going to be the quarterback for a really long time, you could make the argument that it boils down to this year for you. With Mac Jones, it's the same thing. Look, you're entering your third year. Now you have, again, you're back in a new offensive system. For some reason, a lot of people think that last year, where, you know, I don't know how you want to describe 
the situation that he was in, but that's somehow more representative of the first year when he was actually in a real system like Josh McDaniels. Mm-hmm. To a of Iloa, as we know, like, you know, like what is he? What's he going to be? Uh, are we going to see the same up and down nature? Are we going to see more of peak Tua, which we saw last year? And I think both of these guys, not playing for the careers essentially, but playing for their careers as franchise guy for the teams that they're respectively on. And that's why I would put them at the top of the list. Yeah, and Mac having to deal with the reports of Belichick maybe wanting to trade him earlier this offseason, the quotes of him wanting to re-earn the respect of the locker room. But yeah, you got an actual offensive coordinator this year. But Tua coming off the concussions when mm-hmm. he was out there on the field, wants to prove that that wasn't a fluke, get the contract that he wants. Yep. I think the contract situ- situation plays a huge role in that, which is why I think Tua, for me, would be the most at stake of the four. Um, but Rodgers, like, he comes in there with expectations to be the Jets' savior. Uh, I'm not kidding. But like, no, but I team- think the problem is he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, to have something at stake, it has yeah, to be at stake for you. Yeah, and his career has already been cemented. Right. That's fair. You know what I mean? Well, what about Josh Allen? I know, I, I believe that we both are ranking him fourth of four in this one, but still, like, making the playoffs is one thing, but fans in Buffalo have expectations of this team contending for Super Bowls year in and year out, and the window could be closing to an extent. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know how long this is going to last, and when you're playing in an AFC with Patrick Mahomes and with Joe Burrow week in and week out, like, I think that there's some some not maybe not at stake from a career standpoint, but your Super Bowl window closing absolutely. Yeah, I think so. I just I always view things like that as in look, you are you are a team and you are a player that has given your team the opportunity, the highest probability of winning a Super Bowl that you possibly can. You know what I mean? You're in position to potentially do it almost every single year because of your level of play. And thus, like, narratively, is there something at stake for Josh Allen to finally break through as we do all the time with these players? Sure, but then that would be the same thing for Joe Burrow. you got to break through and win one of these things. But I guess it's different for Burrow because he's actually been to the Super Bowl as opposed to Josh Allen who's not. So I can understand it. I just, for me, if I'm a fan of a team or something, I, I'd kill for a team that's in the window that the Buffalo Bills are in. So I view everything as success. Buffalo plus 125 favorite to win the AFC East. Jets not far behind. Bills also a division win total four and a half. So very high expectations for them within the division. We got to take a quick break around the corner. We begin hour two of the Lombardi line on VSIN. Thanks for watching. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.